0: Hi, Ngadia. I'm sending this from the other side. We made it alive. As I write this, I am 28, it is September, so I just transitioned into that upper h level of the year. I know you're wondering. I'll answer. Yep. Shit's adult as fuck. You would know nothing about that. Right now you're obsessed with proving how much of an adult you are. Poor boy. My sweet summer child. A decade later, I still feel like a child learning how to walk in that shongi infested plot and between Shosho's cowshed and father's compound. You know a lot about being a child forced to operate in adult terms. It's all you've ever known. Even now, at 18, you know everything there is to know about everything. You also know nothing, Jones know. You're taking a trip to Malindi with your classmates, second year, Kenyatta University. The ones with it enough to be part of SNS, cine because why not? Right? You're in one of those swanky modern coast oxygen buses headed for a research trip. Giriyama, music, culture, beach, sun, responsibility. You're the youngest on the crew. Almost everyone is well into their 20s, yet they leave you with all their return tickets to plan how they will get fed for a week and where they will sleep. Hold on tight. You have no idea what you've kick-started. Life is about to engage nitrous. Oh yeah, that decision you made that shows phone calls are the only ones you'll be picking up during rehearsals? Stellar. When she visits the new house in Gidurai Kimbo, she'll pass on her memory of Nyobaya Mwariwito. Oh, I'm making a fuss about how she only sings Nyoboshi Akiro, hona shiakuboshi But you know her. She cannot resist a cue to reminisce on the days Naomi Jeli Mwariwamwagi used to win rams at dancing competitions left, right, and center. Of course, it was back in Lari, before the state of emergency, before the war. Before the night of long knives, before the massacre, before the Iran, before Timao, before you. You're teaching SNS newbiabu aribito at the Kenyatta University Bishop Square. You all have new passports, working like crazy. The world is finally opening its arms. Shosho calls. She's over the moon. Heard you are going rohaya, Turkey you tell her, to sing and dance, you tell her, like she used to, you tell her, before the war. You tell her you can't promise to win a ram, but you won't disgrace her. It doesn't matter how many people, including friends who really should know better, decide that your dancing is the best thing to target to break your self-esteem down to a pile of debris. You eventually stop dancing, but not yet. Right now, this night, the wind thrums through the football and rugby fields past Cassandra walk to whistle down the trees before lunging for freedom over the hills of Ngong hostels. It whispers ancient poetry around you. Steve cracks a joke, Hoiti tosses a response, Mato starts then stutters, Gladys shuts him down, Masido backs her up, Kim explains Steve's jokes to Manu, Frida laughs at Manu's slowness, Bill joins in the laughter, Nyawira sneakers, and that's it. The entire stage explodes into one of those Pure fits of laughter and joy that line my university memories like gold in Kintsugi. Shosho laughs on the phone too. She calls you Munyawaiyaki with a voice dripping with mischief. Tis a joke she's run on you since you timed your earthly debut. Around the same time, a descendant of Hinga was losing a by election. She reminds you that all oh, she's ever Wanted from you is for you to take that turn at Musheke Hill one day on a pajero so that Barayaki Hato can see the fruits of her labor. Maybe say hi to Ninadiki so she can see your suit. She's always been so sweet. Give Isaka a lift since he's the only elder close to your grandfather's age that is left. You have to make your three-point turn. I mean, how else would you know that her husband was Derefa Guruyashumbachiatene at Ninaki Mumu's gate? Make sure as gratitude for all the Sundays Kimumu's car ferried your cousins, your friends, and you. Kids so numerous, they almost burst out of the van's windows to church at Kuamumero. She tells you she'll send something for fair, so you can stop waking up at 4 a.m. to make donuts to raise ticket money, since Kenyatta University has refused to acknowledge that you are its student, so you can get corporate sponsorship. You realize telling her that Kim is making juice and Alex is selling smokies won't really make your case any better. She sends Mpesara. The call the next day finds you in the corridors of Ngong hostels. It's your father. Mwariwa Mwagi is gone. A chasm you will try to fill with everything possible in the following years cracks open deep within you. You do not know it yet. But from this moment on, you're homeless. Rather less.
1: So six pages. Mm -hmm. Definitely the longest letter that we have received ever since we started shooting. Have you written a letter to yourself before?
0: Uh, Well, I I leave notes for myself in some of the books I buy myself, but Mm -hmm. um, not this kind of letter. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, who still writes letters? (laughs) <laughs> like I know email to your younger self doesn't sound as nice yeah. but, but um, yeah no I haven't written this just shows me I really need to get back into therapy
1: how did it feel writing the letter to yourself
0: uh, this was a difficult letter to write
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'll be honest um, I think it took like Three months to write, because I was running a, I, I knew what I wanted to write, but I was running around it a lot because um, it has a lot of pain moments in it mm-hmm. um, and uh, I stopped a lot of times, especially I writing um, that the section with the memory of the phone call with my grandmother. I mm-hmm. started um, like crying at some point halfway I was like um. But there's, there's also, I guess, a freedom in, in, in putting a lot of, 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 of those feelings into words um, because a lot of them are um, things I've carried for say a decade. And um, there are things I'm saying I, in that letter for the first time to even the people involved and the people I'm mentioning. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, it, it does feel a bit cathartic.
1: Yeah, it felt like a formal release in yes. some sort of way. Yeah. So, when you begin your letter, you say that um, you felt as like if you had to prove that you were an adult, that you're now a grown up. Yeah. Is there anything that happened, perhaps as like, you're growing up, that made you feel like you had to grow up perhaps faster than your peers?
0: Oh, six pages. How long does this run? <laughs> <laughs> a, a, lo- a, lot of, a lot of things happen. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll just um, list the the top thirty six. Um, so number one mm-hmm. <laughs> top three.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, for a long time I was the youngest in my class. I, I turned five in class one, like I was one of those January babies, like my birthday falls. Right after mid month and yeah. like what school fee, nini, Christmas, like when, when Uchumi has hit properly, that's why it's like a birthday. <laughs> that found me in class 1 and i think until i was in form 1 or form 2 i'd never been in a in a in a classroom where everyone wasn't like at least 2 years older than me
1: yeah that's actually young because I, I i was 6 in class 1 and i was always the youngest see so 5 in class 1 was pretty young yeah
0: it ridiculous and no one tells you yeah. no one tells you like there's there's like social factors here i mean you would not understand social factors at 5 but no one tells you there's there's a weird, strange thing that happens when the people you spend most of your days with are just like, uh, uh, just a step ahead of you, right? Because you're always, always playing catch-up. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one gives you the grace, right? Or if, if you're given the grace, it's in a, it's in <sighs> and where I grew up in in, 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 in and in Merits, you don't want to be that kid, right? Um, so there's, there's that. Um, number two, I come from a very complicated family that's broken on several parts. Mm -hmm. Um, and my biological dad disappeared several times, but finally when I think I was six or seven, um, and I was my mom's only child for a while until my sister showed up that also played a very, very big role in, in getting me into that, that feeling. Um, and I think that that one is, um, been getting a bunch of diagnoses in the, in the, in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's weird when you start mapping out, well, understanding your, your mental health. Right? Because suddenly things you thought were your personality traits would not learn any symptoms. <laughs> 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 that can be very disorienting, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm very obsessive with things which I, I'm I'm learning now is, is part of my ADHD. Um but it means I really don't know how to to live things and then I might be running a project for 10 years, but to yeah. um and two, I don't know how to stop. But like, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. So I, I'm very curious and then I'm very obsessive. So it feeds each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a result of that is, um, I very often became the kid presenting the homework. I wasn't good at doing the homework, but mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so I found myself in a lot of, I'd say accidental leadership positions um, and then the constant theme in my life is, like, Jesus Christ, how did I end up here? What do I do? <laughs> so that also contributed oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah.
1: And you talk about your grandmother a lot in the letter. Yes. Is it your maternal or your paternal grandmother?
0: My maternal grandmother.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of points where you mentioned... There's one time, yeah, in the letter where you mentioned reminiscing with her and reminiscing about, like the state of emergency. How was that like for her? What stories did she give you about that period in her life?
0: <laughs> it's funny, because um, I, I I grew up, I would say, um, in my shoshos compound, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> because of the situation at home, we'd, we'd move a lot. And I was also in boarding school for a huge section of my life, so a lot of those points in between would be spent in shoshos farm. Um, Lots of cousins,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, no electricity. <sighs> I want to say no running water for the NGOs, but it's strange. Cause <laughs> we, we had running water. Only it was running water for the shamba,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, like, we had sprinklers on, but I, I met up TAP a few years ago. I, I will not say it on your podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so, she would tell us a lot of... So, evenings were for stories and learning songs. Sana sana, Kikuyu, Christian songs. Like, I may not be good at karaoke, but present worship. And a lot of the stories were from her past, which I mean to us was long as hell.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, She happened to. So Timor is a very interesting town because a lot of the people are not natively from there. So my grandparents. Moved there around the independence period, mm-hmm. um, they were they were an, an, a result of, of 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 colonization and the emergency because they were from such totally different parts of of i would say Kikuyu land, just for the context of that time, because my grandfather was from Neri and my grandmother is from Kiambu, like right next to Nairobi, but. During in the early fifties, um, my grandfather was already married,
2: mm-hmm.
0: had uh, like three kids. In Mary, they, they hadn't met. My grandmother was living her best life, right, um, winning the rams and dancing and all that. Yeah. But um, as a result of a series of. Uh, That'll be a long story. Oh yeah, people should come to our show for, for <laughs> there's a section there about <laughs> a yeah. bunch of decisions that settlers make yeah. that ended up with Maisho Shonao living in
1: Timao,
0: at, in Lari, uh. right? So in Lari, that's the, the most famous um, massacre in, in the Mau Mau period happened in Lari, mm-hmm. right? So it was like a set of massacres. The Mau came and killed loyalists and then the British came and revenge. So they basically assumed I mean, if they killed loyalists, well, mm-hmm. who's left? Um, and then they used the results so both the the killings and the the British killings. They used, they took all those pictures and sent like press releases worldwide, and that's how the Momo was introduced to the world, oh. right? My show was in that village. After the first killing, um, her family and a few other families escaped, right? And the others who were left were convinced that the British were, going, were not going really to kill them. And that's how she ends up finding her way into meeting my grandfather. Who's arrested? Who's, who goes into the forest? is arrested. A lot of things happen, but by the time he's coming back out, the British have killed his um, first wife and youngest child. Mm. So he's forced to now get another wife. That's how he meets my grandmother. Now, ah. So, a lot of my grandmother's stories are from that time. time. But the strange thing is this you're not really interested in them. (laughs) 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 They're really scary, and the stories she kept telling, right? And then after she passed on, is when my work led me to that point. I was reading about all that stuff and be like, Jesus. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. (laughs) It's actually really, really crazy because when you think of those colonial times, it's very easy to think Nikitambo. Like it happened such a long time ago, but. You yeah, also, know, you're like,
0: there's no, it's affecting me directly. Uh, yeah, it, but it, it, it is. is.
1: It actually really is. Yeah. So you go to KU.
0: I go to K- Thank you for shifting acting. away from history <laughs> because that's a terrible rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. I go to
0: KU, I'm now acting. You're now okay.
1: acting, and you decide that your grandmother's phone calls are the only ones that you're going to be picking. Yes. How did you come to that decision?
0: Cause I really, really loved her. Yeah. Also, my grandmother is not the kind of person you leave miscalled for. <laughs> rehearsals, what are rehearsals? Yeah. You rearrange your life for her. Mm-hmm. So it's it's both of those situations. She she wasn't the kind of person who you would not pick up her goals. like that. She wouldn't take that right, um, but not in a in a terrible way. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time. She'd been such a force in my life. I think she still is. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think there's any other person of that type I. I. I, I would have rearranged my yeah. schedules for. Yeah. It's. It, it doesn't get deeper than that. Just, yeah. <laughs> Never. Too.
1: You, you loved, loved her. Yeah. I loved her,
0: and also she. She didn't take nonsense.
1: Yeah. And she loved dancing. Yeah. Yes. Is that uh, where you picked up your love for dance?
0: That's where I picked up my shamelessness. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, um, I, I I don't know where my love for dance came from, but um, the ability to not care um, what what the what the people who are watching are thinking, um, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I got that from.
1: And how did the competition go, the turkey one? Did you guys win? We didn't go. You didn't go? We didn't go. No, didn't what go. happened?
0: Well, it turns out selling smokies, jewels, and and, yeah, and donuts doesn't raise um, close to $2 million. Yeah. So we didn't go. Um, we, we tried to appeal to Kenyatta University. They ignored us for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, our department tried where they really could, Dr. Mugubi, um, our, our acting lecturer, Dr. David Muller, got us, um, got Coke to agree to, um,
1: Sponsors? to sponsor
0: us, right? By unofficial conversations, right? But for it to be official, yeah. Yeah, you had to actually say that we are students. We're not just purporting to be students. I think they had us for three months.
1: Mm, so you didn't get to go? Yeah. Okay, that's sad. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. Yeah, that
0: sucks. yeah it sucks because they they you didn't need to give us money. They just needed to say that we were the
1: students. students. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really talk about your mom and your sister a lot in the letter. What was your relationship like?
0: Um, my relationship with my mom and my sister is the most present one in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I intentionally avoided it because it's what I talk about the most. Mm. Um, it's, with my mom, it's, it's interesting because it's, again, the most present relationship of my life, but it's also continuously evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we spent, I mean, I wanted to say naturally, but I hope it's naturally, a lot of time together when I was growing up, um, especially since she was raising me alone. Mm-hmm. Apart from the time I was in my shows or in school. Um, and we haven't spent as much time together in the last like ten years as I've been coming into my own as, as an adult um, and so navigating that that switch is I want, it's interesting like it's yes. painful sometimes it's it's wonderful most times um for my, for my sister it's amazing because she's now a teenager, she's 16, she's like learning a lot of things about the world, yeah. about herself, or about being a feminist, about, like it's, that's, um, watching my sister grow up has been the most beautiful, beautiful. thing. Uh, in-
1: and at some point in the letter you mentioned mm-hmm. getting a phone call that your dad had passed away, was it your grandma who had called you?
0: It's the other way around, so my dad called me to tell me my grand. My grandma had passed away.
2: Ah.
0: Yes. Um, see why you should edit drafts? <laughs> I didn't. That's part of the reason it's so long. Yeah. What's that quote? I should have used this to answer your first question. It's more intelligent. Um, <laughs> and then I don't remember the quote. Someone was like, I'm sorry for sending such a long letter. I didn't have time to write a short one. <laughs> should have thought of that. So it's my. My 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 dad. Um, so my stepdad. It's just very weird saying that. But um, so my mom re- remarried at some point. So my dad, who raised me, mm-hmm. um, calls me the day after the night I described where we had the phone call. So we had the phone call. Then she sends me and pessa, We finish rehearsals. I go home. Come to school the next day, and my dad calls from the blue, and it's just. It's terrible at breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> so he just tells me in Kimero, like a very casual, um, wa- uh, yeah. I'm like, what? And then he says, he said, so, so he was saying something I was just registering because it's a metaphor. He's, he didn't actually say she's mm-hmm. dead, he just said she's been called or
2: someone. Mm-hmm.
0: So as I was registering that, he was saying other stuff that I don't remember. But yeah, that's that's yeah.
1: that. Okay, so you mentioned that after your grandmother's passing, you felt a bit homeless. So why is that?
0: Oh oh yeah, oh yeah. (coughs) Um, I think because throughout my childhood, my my grandmother's um, compound and her farm, her house, um, is, actually I think throughout my entire life, is the one home I was assured of. even before I started understanding what the idea of home is, um, and because we'd move a lot, so I, I, I don't have um, the childhood friends. I, I hear people talking about, you know I've done this person for 21 years, or like my first friend, and they're still here. I, I have people I kept in touch with. I have people I trying to re-establish contact with or who try to establish. Cause I respect them a lot. like yeah. you know, we're not talking one interview two, more on TV suddenly. Like thirty-six people from your <laughs> class, seven class, remember your number, which is dope. Um, but after my show, I'm I'm running from answering your question.
1: <laughs> it's.
0: I think for a long time I assumed that once I uh, moved out, had my own place, um, set my own rules and all that, then I'd know what like being being home is like. Um. There's going to be a lot of referencing in this in this entire episode. So there's this is BJ the Chicago Kids home. It's an album actually. So I think it's at the at the beginning of the album the intro is he has a short monologue where he talks about the idea of home and what it means to him and to him it's when he gets to, to that um well Americans call it a gas station, a petrol station right before home. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you can like relax, you know longer in that dealing with the wild face.
2: Yeah.
0: I thought I'd get that once I moved out, Then I didn't. And I, I realized, oh, God, damn. first of all, your house just becomes where you bring all your battles. Then second, it's not really yours. Your, your landlord could show up <laughs> day, right? Yeah. Um, so,
1: so basically that, for you, it's like your grandma was your home. She was my
0: anchor. I just didn't know yet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those peculiar you don't know what you have until you lose it. I, I didn't know that my grandmother and everything around her was my home until I no longer had her. Yeah. Mm.
2: 2012.
0: 2012. <laughs> 10 years ago, Kenyatta University. SNS does everything traditional dance, research, poetry, acting, filmmaking, stage, page, name it. You've just gotten an opportunity of your lives <clears throat> to perform at the Storymoja Hey Festival. Long KU holiday makes it easy. You're broke as fuck though, so you rehearse at a baritone for months, then perform at the festival twice, no less, at the National Museum courtyard on a freezing September night. In one of the performances. Y'all carry Wanjikum over on your shoulders. Manu walks the drums senseless. Mad that Mato has bailed on us yet again. Bobby with his asthma looks ready to meet biblically accurate angels. That might also be where Tony decided to live in the editing suite. There's this picture taken in the tents after the performance where you all look radiant. Don't believe it you were exhausted and exploited you just did not know it yet after the show you will walk up to the organizers because they trusted your people would deliver and you all did you all trusted that they would pay everyone they did not seek to see every aspect of your performance so you did not think it necessary to confirm every coin they were meant to pay you you still believed in that Conduct thing they teach new Meru initiates. This is Nairobi, boy. They hand you 5,000 Kenya shillings. You look at Samoa and swear on your grandfather's grave that if you're ever responsible for a show that has as many as the 500 you estimate, people in the audience, none of the main performers would go home with 5,000 shillings. You do not know how you're going to do it. You just know the pain and betrayal you feel at that moment is not a thing you wish to spread. One of the longest walks of your life is between the Kenya National Museum Courtyard and the Inner Gate. Staring at 15 of your colleagues, all blissfully unaware that they are about to split those five crisp notes. Ushai Apo museum, past midnight, <laughs> Saturday, 2012. Before i Ataboda Ngori, you'll be happy when Gladys breaks free and joins Sarah Castle. You're sure she's set for life. We had no idea what was waiting in 2020. Now, did we? Anyway, you learn your lesson, so you'll come alone the next year and you also learn the importance of contracts. You realize that being a decent human being when running projects matters even more than money. Ensuring all your people are taken care of, especially the vulnerable ones, even the students, is better than falling over your feet for the stars. Your interns do not have to make nows, my guy. And don't stab your volunteers. You occupy Nairobi including Occupy Westgate. Then Al-Shabaab occupies Westgate for real on show day.
1: Yeah, so who or what is SNS?
0: Um, SNS is a, is a group um, I was part of in, in campus in Ke- Kenya University. Um, I was in the School of Visual and Performing Arts in the Department of Theatre Arts and Film. Um, and since we joined in an experimental module, mm-hmm. um, we joined <laughs> um, when there was no one else in school. So we did, you remember, did you ever watch those American Pie um, movies? There's a bunch of films about what it's supposed to be in college in, mm-hmm. in the States. We tried to do that. Then people came in the second semester and were like, guy, who <laughs> actually chilled out and study." Yeah. but somewhere in that we, like, we created a really, really strong bond and we were learning all these new things together and we had this wonderful new world awaiting us. We had dreams and all that. And then there were sugar auditions, mm-hmm. right? And that was amazing. And we showed up with the entire of Nairobi. <laughs> uh, and I think almost every single person in my generation of, of, like, these esp- the despians or actors has, has a story about the sugar audition, yeah. right? Um. I think there's around twenty or fifteen of us from my class. None of us got to even be an extra. Like none of us got a call back, nothing, right? So we went back to school with all that frustration and everyone was ranting and we were like, you know what? We're going to form our own group and we're going to do things that are so amazing, we'll <laughs> take over the industry. And so we formed our own group. Yeah. Um We did amazing things um we, we didn't take all the industry though <laughs> <laughs> that was, but that was SNS. so and because we had so many people with yeah. so many talents who were just trying to discover themselves at that time we were doing practically everything right and yeah. it's it's the vehicle really that molded me as an artist
1: okay so how long was were you in sns for it was the duration in ku
0: it's in the duration of it was actually shorter than it feels because it we started in um 2011, mm-hmm. this is very interesting. Now, finally, I mean, a part of my life where I'm like, oh, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we said in 2011, um, I think we were proper functional for two or three years, and mm-hmm. then um, as people now start specializing and getting mm-hmm. opportunities and leaving campus now. Yeah, yeah, it got
1: busy. And would you say that Sterimoja, performing at Story was like one of your biggest achievements as SNS?
0: I wouldn't speak of sns um as a, as as my, myself yes yes um as the person i was in sns that too
1: so mm-hmm. um what was the process like of uh, preparing for your performance at story moja how was that like uh, financially emotionally physically
0: what's the most extreme form of stressful that yeah uh, yeah but like intertwined with this enthusiasm of you know, for for me, it felt like it wasn't a big break, Mm -hmm. but it was we'd been trying to do a thing um, and I wasn't very familiar with with the TV world and the film world and the theater world. I was just starting to figure myself out in in the very specific poetry scene. Right. And that's that's where I knew people and things. Right. And I knew that at Story Moja is the one place where the most brilliant literary minds that I knew at that time were going to, to converge, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to me, that was the one space that if we needed to get noticed as a young artists, we needed to be at, right? Mm-hmm. So we, the opportunity came through, um, I mentioned Samo and, and Akil, mm-hmm. who I, I knew them as, as poets, they also gave me my first job in employment. Um, and Zosik at Zitu, um, who would later become like a very integral part of, of founding for Birds. Um, and then we st- I think we started rehearsing at KU, mm-hmm. uh, because then in KU we could, I'll give them that. I mean, they didn't acknowledge us, but we could rehearse almost anywhere. We could, like there was just space. Yeah. Then we closed school for our first long holidays. And that was very strange. I never not had a plan for five months, like <laughs> up until that point. Um and because the the first was in September. Um from August, we started trying to find spaces to rehearse in. We are broke as hell with students. Yeah. It's holidays, we don't even have allowances, they, like no one has a plot, nothing, right? So we uh, we found a place to rehearse at like, a place called the German Institute. It sounds amazing, but it's Apple Nairobi River.
1: You
0: see say Kerenyaga Road and that road that goes to Koja. Yeah. There's a series of very suspicious looking buildings there. Uh-huh. Apo Jew. upo this like German institute of something. I'm not sure the Germans even know that, that <laughs> place exists. <laughs> and then we realized we couldn't raise, it was like 100 or 200 bob for, for clinic and, yeah. and stuff. So we're like, you guys, arboretum is free. Yeah. I don't think it's free anymore.
1: Yeah, it's not.
0: Yeah, but that, that's why Aboretum needs to stay free. Because yeah. we rehearse for like two months and mm-hmm. you just find your fare to Tao, then walk to Aboretum. That's fantastic. That means we don't need warm-up. Just yeah, you <laughs> go just straight ch- into rehearsals. We're also trying to figure out what to do because we're like 15 people with lots of different things. Yeah. Then I think at some point, once we found our rhythm, um, I also mentioned in the in the letter. Um, she was ahead of us just a bit as a performer, she'd published a book and she was performing in the same week. Mm-hmm. So she saw uh, what we were doing and she was like, that's exactly what I need in my piece, right? So we started collaborating and p- we started learning a lot at that point, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shooting in the dark and all that and then meeting when you go and being like, oh, if that's what she does, then I was kind of okay.
1: <laughs> same, same, but different. Yeah. It's actually interesting because I was also in theater. And what? we used to practice at Aburetum in the beginning before they started chatting. How was you guys! <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> how was that for you? Uh, uh, theater was interesting. It was, it was really, inter- I don't think it was a passion of mine, mm-hmm. but it was nice. It, it brought out, I guess, new skills and it's how it developed into this. So. Yeah.
0: These are setup. Yeah,
1: theater is really, it's interesting. It brings out many different angles of someone. So now...
0: I was about to set you up, and I will. <laughs> so do you plan on coming back Ah,
1: uh, This is uh, my question right for there. you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, okay. We are
1: not coming back.
0: <laughs> we'll be back. I'm <laughs> no, um, watching for a link um, <laughs> for the part where I ask the questions, <laughs> and you'll get your answers.
1: Yes, okay. Um, so now, what was the agreement with Story Moja?
0: That we get to perform after right? you
1: perform
0: that wasn't clear, you see that's yes. that's the thing, right mm-hmm. um at that point, um thinking our careers, even in the scene really, which is which is why I mean I can talk about it now, but i'm I'm not holding a grudge, I don't want to do a Twitter that I didn't call yeah. it's. That was the status quo that's in the scene at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll be like, "Yo, there's this fantastic opportunity to perform. You can do all these things. Will You guys do it. Yes. Yes. Amazing. Exposure. Right. Ex- there's on. exposure, this platform. And at that point, we yeah. actually needed, needed the, the exposure, exposure and the platform and all that. Right. Um, my mistake, which I own because I was the one who made that negotiation, mm-hmm. was I didn't know the part where you talk about the money in specific terms mm-hmm. and where you sign contracts and all that. Um, so I, w- I guess they delivered on what they
1: promised. Yeah, they gave you the platform. Right. Yeah. But then now you finished. How many shows did you guys do?
0: We did. It was one show, uh-huh. one night, but we did two different performances, uh-huh. um, which was not even in the agreement. So the Wanjiku Mara thing was not in the agreement, it. right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I, I think <laughs> it's weird. We enjoy the, the small things. What actually made that a, a, a really a terrible memory was how cold that night was, mm-hmm. right? And we were all in lessons because yeah. we were like proper traditional dances. Um, and I, I make a bo- bo- joke about my friend Bobby, but his asthma was actually like, like dreaded He almost didn't perform. I, I, yeah. I think, and it's one thing to to talk of the idea of performance and the entire the This hype and and how do you pronounce that thing? I should not have even gotten (laughs) myself into that situation. But that thing, (laughs) um, there's that idea, right? And then there's when you're actually performing and you're seeing your friends, this is work and like this sacrifice and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, And at that point, in my ignorance, I assumed it naturally pays off, right? And
1: And rightfully so. But then here you are, you've performed in the cold, Bobby is nearly dying. Uh, You are 15 people you've been given 5,000 Kenyan shillings. Now, I'd like you to paint me a picture and describe, first of all, how much were you expecting at least? And second of all, how did you go to explain to the rest that, you know what? For all our hard work, for our rehearsals, this is the 5,000 bob we have to divide against 15 people.
0: What was the first part?
1: <laughs> How much were you expecting?
0: I well, I don't I don't have an answer for that. Uh, yeah. I I, I, I was so ignorant. It was not five thousand. It was not five thousand, <laughs> right? At the very least, right? Um, a thousand bob would have changed our lives. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: At that point, right? It would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, like, if I put myself in that situation, then of course I've learned so much. Like, I would say, like, at least fifteen k would have send everyone home. Not happy, yeah. but seeing the value in the exposure and the platform, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I didn't have a fixed amount in mind, but I just thought the same way these guys didn't give us a very specific brief, they just expected us to deliver something yeah. that would satisfy them. I thought that on this side, also they would deliver something that would satisfy, satisfy them, right? But it's, it's, it's one of those hard learning lessons because then the next year, the, the part... Um, I mentioned Westgate, mm-hmm. we had a contract for that.
1: Yeah, that you get smarter <laughs> as yeah. well. But how did you break it to your other friends that this is what we have?
0: <sighs> I think that's a suppressed memory. <laughs> that's like, I don't remember. Um, yeah. I think I've pulled off a couple of, a handful, actually. I'll give myself that, a handful of miracles. That might <laughs> be the first one. But, um, but I think, at that point, it, it might not have been as difficult to break it to them as it is now. Mm. Um, I think I went with the angle of, oh, you at least here to combat with the tickets. Because <laughs> at that point, there was also the part where you'd get a gig,
2: yeah. and
0: also get a bunch of tickets, right? And yep. your payment is coming in commission. Those lessons will not prevent you from following Samo, Akil, and Zossi into advertising. For the character development, was three lifetimes which has shaped a lot of who I am as I type this letter out to you. Both the shine and the shit. Always, thank Alea Kasam for the season you're in right now, gatia She's the producer of the Sturimoja festival you're discovering. All red and stressed. Still, she brought the idea of the star up to life and handed it to Akil and Samu. The rightfully eclectic result is a better introduction to the scene than you had hoped for. It introduces you to the financial, artsy, social, romantic, and shady angles of this life that chooses us. That is how you meet a lot of people for the first time. Alea, Njora, Maida, Owa, Magunga, Shikungure, Anmora, Ndinda, Ngunu, Faith, Kibali, Yanarunga, Wangari, the Storyteller. Juliet Maruru's idea shape an entire generation of creators, I dare say. For sure, they kickstart the domino effect of ideas that result in too early for birds. Juliet with her biscuits, tea, cake, excellent stories, excellent taste in stories too, her quiet command and gentle prodding. Absence is a strange concept. Juliet isn't here as I type this. I still find myself wanting to forward puppy names. Juliet is how I met a book club called Sanaa. Actually, almost everyone who later becomes part of Two Early for Birds, I get to know at that festival. Here's a strange thing. The people you're in a SNS with are your closest friends. Some ten years later, you are trying to reestablish some of those friendships. Ten years later, some of the people you're meeting at that festival are my closest friends and collaborators. But then through some of the work you will all do, which is some of the best work I think I've been part of, you will also lose most of the friendships you think are forever. Never thought I'd tell you this, but I don't even know what kind of families I'm raising. And they don't know what I'm doing with my life or not doing with my life. Right, so it's a, it's a weird domino effect. Also, thank Zisa, Around this time, you are looking for a footing in the spoken word scene. Trying to understand it. You've attended all the free gigs. Now you're hoping to make it into Wamadai's spoken word. It is expensive as hell. Show day, call from Kadi. You've been talking on Twitter. It is all the 357 people on the timeline at that time, and they all say good morning to each other every day, like a big school assembly. It's weird. Kadi is one of the nine people reading your blogspot. She calls asking where you are. Home, you say. A lie. You're at Kaimuri's in Parkland's. You're not going for the gig. Ah, I'm too tired. Another lie. You're too broke. But I got a ticket for you. What? cab? She shouldn't have! Where could Ah. So, Basi. <sighs> I gotta drag myself out of bed. You're technically Pinocchio at this point. Running out. You'll get to the gig, you'll kick it. It's breezy, wonderful, nice times. Jemedari is the MC. Kadi knows him from Nakuru. Europe. They. They are basically from. She's read your stuff. So she's trying to convince him that this skinny timau looking Mitungo speaking the like right Kimbo feeling fellow has something to say. The answer is no. A simple, inelegant no. You'll feel worse for Kadi than for yourself you later learn how much it sucks that Wamadai's spoken word for new performers. In a couple of later events, you'll almost beg for a chance to perform after you've paid and get a very kind explanation from the professionals. You, you, you don't just walk into a gig and ask to perform. Okay? There are people on the poster. These things take time, patience, and order, you know, rehearsals. You took a hizo. Yeah, try next time. Oh, you, you bought a ticket? Oh, how wonderful. Thank you. Tweet me. Tweet me. We'll talk about performing next time. Then you'd get to watch an occasional tweet pic, wife, of fast star, worthy motherfucker, walk in, no name on poster, and get the mic. And that's how you never get to perform at Formadai, my guy. Not on this day. But you should really thank Kathy for buying you your first ticket into a world you'd only seen through Twitter and newspapers. So who or what is SNS? Um, SNS is a is a group um, I was part of in, in campus in Ke- Kenyatta University. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the School of Visual and Performing Arts in the Department of Theater Arts and Film um, and since we joined in an experimental module mm-hmm. um, we joined <laughs> um, when there was no one else in school. So we did, you remember, did you ever watch those American Pie um movies there's a bunch of films about what it's supposed to be in college in
2: mm-hmm. in the
0: states we tried to do that then people came in the second semester and were like guy <laughs> People actually chilled out and study." yeah but somewhere in that we like we created a really really strong bond and we were learning all these new things together and we had this wonderful new world awaiting us we had dreams and all that and then there were sugar auditions Right, and that was amazing. And we showed up with the entire of Nairobi. <laughs> uh, and I think almost every single person in my generation of, of like these desp- despians or actors has has a story about the sugar audition. Yeah. Right. Um I think there's around twenty or fifteen of us from my class. None of us got to even be an extra. Like none of us got a call back, nothing, right? So we went back to school with all that frustration and everyone was like, you know what, we're going to form our own group, and we're going to do things that are so amazing, we'll take over the industry, and so we formed our own group. Yeah. Um, we did the amazing things, um, we, we didn't take over the industry, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was, but that was the SNS. So, And because we had so many people with yeah. so many talents who were just trying to discover themselves at that time, we were doing practically everything, right? And yeah. it's, it's the vehicle really that moulded me as an artist.
1: Okay. So how long was... Were you in SNS for it? Was the duration you in KU?
0: It's in the duration of It was actually shorter than it feels because it, we started in um, 2011. Mm-hmm. This is very interesting. Now, finally, i mean, a part of my life where I'm like, oh, that's old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we started in 2011. Um, I think we were proper functional for two or three years. And mm-hmm. then... Um, as people now start specializing and getting mm. opportunities and living campus now. Yeah, yeah, it got
1: busy. And would you say that Sterimoja, performing at Story was like one of your biggest achievements as SNS?
0: I wouldn't speak of SNS. Um, as a, as my, myself, yes. yes. Um, as the person I was in SNS, that too.
1: So, mm-hmm. um, what was the process like? of uh, preparing for your performance at Story Moja? How was that like uh, financially, emotionally, physically?
0: What's the most extreme form of stressful that... Yeah. uh, Yeah, but like intertwined with this enthusiasm of... You know, for for me, it felt like it wasn't a big break, Mm -hmm. but it was... We'd been trying to do a thing. and I wasn't very familiar with, with the TV world and the film world and the theater world. I was just starting to figure myself out in, in the very specific poetry scene, right? And that's, that's where I knew people and things, yeah. right? And I knew that at Story Moja is the one place where the most brilliant literary minds that I knew at that time were going to, to converge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, that was the one space that if we needed to get noticed as a young artists, we need to be at, right? Mm-hmm. So we, the opportunity came through, um, I mentioned Samo and, and Akil, mm-hmm. who I, I knew them as, as poets, they also gave me my first job in employment, um, and Zosi Kadzitu um, who would later become like a very integral part of, of founding Tuali for Birds. Um, and then we, I think we started rehearsing at KU. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then in K we could... I'll give them that. I mean, they didn't acknowledge us, but we could rehearse almost anywhere. We could, like, there was just space.
2: Yeah.
0: Then we closed school for our first long holidays. And that was very strange. I never not had a plan for five months, like, <laughs> up until that point. Um, and because the, the first was in September, um, from August, we started trying to find spaces to rehearse in. We are broke as hell with students. Yeah. It's holiday, we don't even have allowances. They, like No one has a plot, nothing, right? So we, uh, we found a place to rehearse at, at, at a place called the German Institute. It sounds amazing. But it's, upo audio. nikeshuka Nairobi River. Like, you see say Road, and that road that goes to Koja. Yeah. There's a series of very suspicious looking buildings there. Apo you. Uh-huh. this like German institute or something. I'm not sure the Germans even know that that <laughs> place exists. And then you realized we couldn't raise, it was like a hundred or two hundred bob for, for clinic and, yeah. and stuff. So we're like, you guys, Aboretum is free.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't think it's free anymore.
1: Yeah, it's not.
2: Yeah,
0: but that, that's why aboratum needs to stay free, because yeah. we rehearsed for like two months and mm-hmm. you just find your fare to Tao, then walk to Aboretum. To Aboretum. That's fantastic, that means we don't need warm up. Just, yeah, just <laughs> go straight into rehearsals. We're also trying to figure out what to do because we're like 15 people with lots of different things. Uh, yeah. Then I think at some point once we found our rhythm, um, I also mentioned Wanji Kumahora in the in the letter. Um, she was ahead of us just a bit as a performer. She'd published a book and she was performing in the same thing. Mm-hmm. So she saw uh, what we were doing She's like, that's exactly what I need in my piece, right? So we started collaborating and we started learning a lot at, that point, right? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of shooting in the dark and all that, and then meeting when you go and being like, oh, if that's what she does, then I was kind of, okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's same, same, but different. Yeah. It's actually interesting because I was also in theater, and what? we used to practice at Aboretum in the beginning before they started chatting. That was you guys! Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 How was that for you? Uh, theater was interesting. It was, it was really, int- I don't think it was a passion of mine, mm-hmm. but it was nice. It it brought out, I guess, new skills, and it's how it developed into this. So yeah.
0: these are set up. Yeah,
1: theater is really it, it's interesting. It brings out many different angles of someone. So now
0: I was about to set you up, and I will. <laughs> so do you plan on coming
1: back? Uh-uh, this is uh, my question for <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. We are
1: not coming back.
0: <laughs> we'll be okay. back i'm no, um, watching for a link um for the part where i ask the questions <laughs> and you'll get your answers
1: is. okay um so now what was the agreement with story moja
0: that we get to perform after right? you perform Th- that wasn't clear you see that's yeah. that's the thing right mm-hmm. um at that point um thinking our careers even in the scene really which is which is why i mean i can talk about it now but i'm I'm not holding a grudge. I don't want to do a Twitter that I didn't call yeah. some
2: That
0: was the status quo that in the scene at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, It would be like, yo, there's this fantastic opportunity to perform. You can do all these things. Will you guys do it? Yes, yes, amazing, exposure. right? You e- move there on. Is exposure. There's exposure, there's platform. And at that point, we yeah. actually needed, needed the, the exposure, exposure and the platform and all that, right? Um, my mistake, which I own because I was the one who made that negotiation, mm-hmm. was I didn't know the part where you talk about the money in specific terms Mm. and where you sign contracts and all that. Um so I I guess they delivered on what they promised.
1: Yeah they gave you the platform. Right. Yeah. But then now you finished. How many shows did you guys do?
0: We did it was one show Uh one night, but we did two different performances. Uh. Um which was not even in the agreement. So the Wanji Kumora thing was not in the agreement, right? Yeah. Um so I, I I think, it's weird with we the small things, what actually made that a, a, a really a terrible memory was how cold that night was. Mm-hmm. Right? And we were all in lessons, because we yeah. were like proper traditional dances. Um, and I I make a bo- bo- joke about my friend Bobby, but his asthma was actually like, like dreaded, he almost didn't perform, I, I, yeah. I think. and it's one thing to, to talk of the idea of performance and then to the, this hype and, and how do you pronounce that thing? I should not have even gotten <laughs> myself into that situation. But that thing, <laughs> um, there's that idea, right? And then there's when you're actually performing and you're seeing your friends, are, this is work and like this sacrifice and all that.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and at that point, in my ignorance, I assumed it naturally pays off.
1: And rightfully so, but then here you are, you've performed in the cold, Bobby is nearly dying, uh, you are 15 people, you've been given 5,000 Kenyan shillings.
2: Yeah.
1: Now, I'd like you to paint me a picture and describe, first of all, how much were you expecting, at least, and second of all, how did you go to explain to the rest that, you know what, for all our hard work, for our rehearsals... This is the five thousand bob we have to divide against fifteen people.
0: What was the first part?
1: <laughs> How much were you expecting
0: I do not I w I don't I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. I I I, but I you was know so ignorant. It was not five thousand. It was not five thousand, right? <laughs> at the very least, right? Um a thousand bob would have changed our lives.
1: Yeah.
0: At that point. Right? It would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say, like, if I put myself in that situation, then, of course, I've learned so much. Like, I'd say, like, at least 15K would have sent everyone home. Not happy, yeah, but Actually. seeing the value in the exposure and the platform, right? Yeah. Um. So I didn't have a fixed amount in buying, but I just thought, the same way these guys didn't give us a very specific brief, they just expected us to deliver something yeah. that would satisfy them. I thought that on this side, also they would deliver something that would satisfy it, right? us. It's, it's, it's one of those hard-learning lessons because then the next year, the, the part, um, I mentioned Westgate, mm-hmm. we had a contract for that.
1: Yeah, that you get smarter <laughs> as yeah. well. But how did you break it to your other friends that this is what you have?
0: <sighs> I think that's a suppressed memory. <laughs> that's like, I don't remember. Um, yeah. I think I've pulled off a couple of, a handful Actually, I'll give myself that, a handful of miracles. That might not be <laughs> the first one, but, um, but I think at that point, it, it might not have been as difficult to break it to them as it is now. Mm. Um, I think I went with the angle of oh, you at least here to come with the tickets. Because at that point, there was also the part where you'd get a gig
2: yeah. and
0: also get a bunch of tickets, right? And, and your yep. payment is coming in commission. Uh. But you should really thank Cathy for buying you your first ticket into a world you'd only seen through Twitter and newspapers. I wish someone had told me earlier that there is no magic in Cathy. It's just work. Number two. Be kind. Really. To everyone. Number three. Yeah, it's not the papers or the grades, the school, the looks, the fashion sense, the privilege, the accent, the exposure, the fame, the talent, the skills, the influence, the access, the support, the love, the followers, the power, the money. It's what one can do with it. The end. You do Last one. Your friends, those are the ones you sign your first contracts with and the strictest ones. Once you embark on an endeavor together, it will protect you, your friendship, and the work. Once you start the work, give it a hundred percent. No more. That, that one hundred is enough, trust me. And you're not insane. You're going to lose your mind, for sure. But you're not insane. And it will not all be in vain. And you're still rhyming in random sentences, so you're still a spoken word nigger. (coughs) P.S. Don't mind the suicidal thoughts. You won't pull it off. Not in 2019, not in 2020. It's taken a couple of long, exhausting years to get here. But right now, there's nothing I'd rather be than alive. Listen to Frank Ocean, kid.
1: Godspeed. Now let's talk a bit about Too Early for Birds, yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why, oh God, but
0: it's, then it's 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 the thing everyone wants to talk about. Yeah. Can we talk about my inability, <laughs> like my personality? Okay, <laughs> shit.
1: Uh, for those who might not know, what is Too Early for Birds?
0: Um, Too Early for Birds is it's is a a storytelling initiative mm-hmm. um, started as a series of theatre productions, and but the idea is is to retell, to revisit, and retell Kenyan history in in a perspective that doesn't sound like uh, your double history in high school after lunch, mm-hmm. right? Um, so in 2017, Abu Abu Bakar Majid um, and I were working um, at Skarned, and we were trying to leave, and we'd been performing for us, so we. <coughs> We were coming up with different ideas of something we could do, that one just gives us direction as artists and gives us a break from corporate. Um, and we had a TV show that was based on stories that um, our friend Owa was doing on his blog. Mm-hmm. So we do a pilot, we pitch it to a bunch of um, media houses, no one knew us. They're like, this is really nice. Oh my god, you young people are doing such nice things. <laughs> Kenyans are not going to get it by. Yeah, that was different versions of the same uh, that thing.
1: That didn't go how I was expecting. Yeah, uh-huh. No, that's
0: exactly. Like, the, the argument was not like our oh, work is bad. Mm-hmm. It was like Kenyans are, are not smart enough for it. I
1: was like, which Kenyans,
0: man? Like, they're yeah. following Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and all these operas that I, even I can't follow. Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is a lot. So we, we didn't have the resources. Um, film is expensive, even this is expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we had at that point was a bit of stage experience. So we were like, come on, Kenya ni jinga, I guess, sit to a room, and then we put this thing here. And we see them not getting it, yeah. right? Which didn't happen. Um, so we started a bunch of stories that we were interested in at that time, and then slowly developed into a process. Um, people really showed up for us, like for the first, for the first one, it was um, 17th of May, 2017. why <laughs> um, And then they demanded another one, mm-hmm. right? And I remember one the, the the common sentiment was like, we showed up for the first one because you guys, like, we don't understand why we, you quit your jobs, but <laughs> 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 we don't want you to stop, but we'll come to the second one for the stories. So we're still doing that for the stories. So, so far we've done five editions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, do like a short list of stories to end this answer, um, with like stories from Ngai, Nyayo House, Wangare Matai, Tomboya, that was the biggest one, um, we did, I think the most interesting one for most people was Brezen,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which was everything by women, so it was stories I think of... I
1: remember that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: so Kenyan, stories of Kenyan women. Um, Told, researched, written, and told by women.
2: Um,
1: and we have another one coming. <laughs> when is it? Uh,
0: yeah, the announcement is dropping today, so I guess I can tell you the <laughs> date. I'm not sure this you <laughs> can <I
1: didn't> have <laughs> dropped. No, yeah. You have missed N- it.
0: Uh, no, exactly, because yeah. if you drop after we've announced, then it, there's no harm, right?
1: Because
0: I'm right you to call a contract, and <laughs> you so need was there when I was making the decision. <laughs> It's on the, I could tell you, or I could show you the posters that haven't been posted yet. What, what, do, you, what do
1: you want? We, we could just share the posters on <laughs> the video, you. I guess.
0: It's in the first, the first weekend of November.
1: First weekend of November. Yes. Okay, perfect. I think, yeah, it will make it <laughs> to the show. So, yeah, you guys can go and watch to early for birds.
0: <laughs> I need to start this been five years, but not a equipment.
1: <laughs> 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 okay, so what accomplishment do you have with To Ali for Bad that makes you feel so proud of it?
0: Whoa, okay, Damn. Oh. <sighs> I'll say two things. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, that we actually did the thing. I, like it's been a constant. There's a part at the end of the letter where, kind of reassuring younger me that we're not crazy. Yeah. Um, the twenty-four birds journey has been a lot of crazy ideas and crazy p- propositions and bunch of crazy people coming together to do a crazy thing. Like, the first one, there was a caveat on the phone call as people were getting. It's like it's either going to really work or it's going to fail spectacularly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And everyone who was part of the first casting crew knew that. And it's, it's done this strange thing where <coughs> it surprises us every single time, yet we haven't had a time where we've done it to what our actual 100% vision was. Right? Mm-hmm. So the fact that we even do it and continue to do it, that for me is a very proud point. Um, the second one is that people owned it not just the audience, um, even the cast and, and, and the crew. and It's always very strange to speak of 24 birds as mine or, or booze or stories that was. Um, but the, the best consequence of that, which I'm proud of, is that it's become a sort of springboard mm-hmm. um, where we're currently not the biggest thing in the country, however, um, I've seen so many people, including myself, get on this 12 for stage and then proceed to do more interesting um, things or things at a bigger scale, mm-hmm. right, so like, TV and
1: arts yeah. and music That's and as a stepping stone. Yes,
0: that, it was very confusing at the beginning because you do a show and then you go back and you'd be like, so something I'm going to shoot a movie. Okay, I guess, well, no. okay, do we have another friend who <laughs> need... Okay, but now it's like, oh, goddamn! like we, we created this thing that, and continuously, every time we do a show, yeah. people do more interesting things. That's actually the one I'm most proud of.
1: Okay, that's really nice. You mentioned a bit about your friends and how you may not really have the friends who are, you know, like 25 years ago, but um, work bado and you talked a lot about your SNS, friends being a lot like family, but then you grew apart from them a bit. And then now you're to early for birds. friends are the ones who became more like family. But now you're sort of trying to reconnect with the SNS like fam again. So how is that and how, like where does that leave to early for Birds now?
0: Um, I think I'd, I'd start by just calling those phases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I, I think in the letter I was, I was speaking of, not just the, the friends I had in SNS, but the friends I had in that season. Um, it's I've, I've a ter- I have I would call it terrible, but I have uh, a chaotic relationship with with time and how I remember time. So I, I, I lumped them together like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
2: And then I guess
0: number two, that also shows how terrible I am with boundaries, especially with work and personal relationships. However, <laughs> um, I, what, what I'm learning now is that, um, I mean, life in general is it cycles. It's same things coming back in different ways. Um, and friendships and relationships work <coughs> in similar ways. Mm-hmm. So my SNS friends and the people I met in campus and the first Friends I made in Nairobi and in, in 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 the spoken word scene because all those things happened simultaneously. I moved from Mitongo just as I was about to join campus, so that also might be a reason for my terrible boundaries. Yeah. So what I realized at that time is those are the friends I was making for myself, not just because of the situation I was in. Like. In boarding school, you have no other options. Yeah, only
1: those people there. It's <laughs> so only
0: those people, right? In KU, even when it was an institution and it was just the first first years in school, it was still like 10,000 or 15,000, yeah. right? We still have lots of choices. Um, my first semester friends were like all teachers now and like before now I met those. So when we left school, because there are those who graduated, some who dropped out and all that, and people started, their lives, then I got into another phase of my life where I was making adult friends outside of a school situation, Mm -hmm. right? And some are friends I'd been making all along, so Kinabu who I'd met in spoken word and all that, um, and some I was meeting through work um, and other parts of my life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And those are mostly the friends who've carried me over for, through my, I'd say, Early in mid twenties, um, I that phase kind of starts to get strange at the pandemic, yeah, because everything came to a standstill, and then I started learning that a lot of my friendships were based on foundations that were <coughs> either me working or us meeting outside or us doing something that actively requires social interaction or being outside the house, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of those start drifting away just because everyone was focusing on surviving, right? Yeah. Um, but then there was also a struggle going through there mentally, and it also involved me trying to get back to um, my older passions and things I was interested in growing up and all that, mm-hmm. which led me right back to where I was when yeah. I joined campus. Um, and <coughs> it it seems that those friends are also like having their close circle moments where now, some are coming back, they have families, they have kids, people have careers. They're those who are meeting now in professional spaces because we are, we're peers. Yeah. So no matter how far, as long as we're in this country, Nani Robini dot. Well, so that's, yeah, I don't have a clear answer for that. That's the best oh yeah. I can
1: do. <laughs> no, that, that actually suffices. Okay. So apart from theater, uh-huh. you are into spoken word, and also at some point you did advertising. Yeah. How has so. your journey as a spoken word artist been like?
0: Um, that's my true journey, actually. I like calling it spoken word is strange because it's, it's, for me, it's just poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's the first thing I remember writing for myself and not for schoolwork, nothing. It's just, um, and it wasn't even English poetry. I started with um, Ushairi, which most people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like I had my vinas and Vibetis tied before I wrote my first English <laughs> rhyme. Um, but it's been the constant thing I go back to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I switched into like from just poetry into the spoken word scene because I needed an audience.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so i realized you know i had the blog spot that i was talking about with all the nine readers Mm -hmm. um and there are all these gigs all over the place with hundreds of people right Mm -hmm. so the easiest way to get people to consume your work if you don't actually even a camera didn't really help at that time is 2011. like youtube needs two bob at
1: a cyber cafe
0: right so i started performing and then i made friends in that scene um who really informed, guided, sharpened me, mostly as an artist, but also as a, as, a, as a person, because um, we we got into the scene at the same time with, um, with Tear Drops, Djopewo, Mufasa came like a couple of years later. Actually, when we were doing the the Occupy Nairobi thing, mm-hmm. I remember Mufasa trying to do his first gigs. Um, but the, the most interesting thing for me is the musicians who come through the spoken word scene, um, because the time we were we hey, were down bad we couldn't afford a, a theater or space so we were doing street poetry at Aga Walk on Sundays like last Sundays of the month mm-hmm. <laughs> just show up kick off the kick kick the, what, what's the name kick out kick out the preachers and just do poetry <laughs> right? um had the band wasn't even had the band then. I think we used to call them Waluya Soccer Band or something <laughs> um f- a fee um Sarabi like a bunch of it's it's that's where I learned, I don't want to use the word fortitude, but when you have a very small, loyal, recurring audience that doesn't care where you're performing, they just want to get the work, oh, yeah. you realize that it's about the work. It's really, it's not about the number of views you get or listens and all that. It's mm-hmm. about the work and the people who are relating to it, right? And it also put, has put me through some very painful lessons that I, I now really appreciate. Um, I mentioned the musicians because the interesting thing with them is, um, they come and they, they take off. Yeah. Right. So you're doing rhymes with guys on the streets and then you hear them in the mat on the radio and then you're seeing them and you and your other spoken word guys are not moving or you've just made like two steps and then another generation of musicians does the same thing and then another two steps. And so the first time it's like Wow, that's amazing. You hear Uli Zakiyatu in the, you almost stop the match. The second time you're like, okay, goddamn, man. Uh, I mean, that's dope, but that time you're like, Nasisi, yeah. right? The fourth time you're like, okay, I guess. <laughs> 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 you just keep moving. Uh,
1: yeah, but then now also speaking about pain, you talked a bit about the wamaida spoken word, yeah?
0: I thank you for doing that. Cause, <laughs> like that's a constant thing that happens in his life, so yeah. he's constantly tweeting about how people call him Wamayda instead of Wamadai.
1: Oh, she's Wamadai. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the Wamadai spoken word. Um, so you say that it was a bit hard for new performance for so for new performers there. Why was it hard for like new performers?
0: Because um, we didn't know people. It's mm-hmm. easy as that. Right. I wasn't just Womadai, I think for, I singled it out because for the specific moment I was writing um, about in, in the letter. Mm-hmm. It was the same case, we'd, we'd buy tickets at Kwani Open Mic and still beg for a spot to, to, to perform. I mean, <sighs> at least with Kwani, Cindy Organa was an amazing person. Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get a chance, but you wouldn't go home feeling horrible. Like, and you'd come the next time and Cindy would remember your name. You see, that that means a lot to someone who's starting out, uh, yeah. right? Um, the first time I went to perform at Slum Africa, I'd, not, I'd actually not gone to perform. I was going to do research because I'd been told, just go watch people performing before you start doing the thing. I got there and we learned there was um, a gate price. We didn't know they were selling tickets. So my friend Tony and I, like, chungaed our money and realized we could only afford one ticket and fare back home, mm-hmm. right? So. Um, security guy who was really nice was like, okay, mumo ki perform, kubali ange wana perform free. So that's how I got into, like I performed for the first time because the only way they were allowing people into the venue without paying for tickets was if you perform, right? But slam is a competition. Yeah. So you're not getting at your nice chance to showcase your art, no. You have like 15 other really, really hungry <laughs> people <laughs> coming after you. So it was um, an entire culture at that time where it felt like if you didn't have, if you're not your older brother or a a friend or someone who had some kind of connection, which is weird, because it's not like there was a shitload of money in this book and that scene, right? Um, But then a few years later, I came to to another realization, right? Which is, because at that time, get like really, really mad. You know, you'd, you'd track, we were mostly <laughs> tracking, you'd track all the way to your mat. You're just talking about these clicks, Nini, oh, you don't, like, you have to come from Lavi to get these opportunities. You have to write in English, because we were performing mostly in Shang. Mm-hmm. Then a few years later, I realized those clicks don't happen accidentally or maliciously. Um, people come in and face probably the same exact problem the first or worse, right? And so they did what we naturally did. Because mm-hmm. as SNS and also as that crew of like spoken word artists, and uh, we just banded together, yeah. right? And that's how we ended up in the streets. That's how we ended up doing our own shows and all that. And we ended up growing that way, right? And because of the pain we felt in that, at least I try to make sure the projects I'm in don't have the same. And I hope the other people we experience the same, yeah. the thing we do the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I remember even in that, in the same, she said it was Wamaya. Wamadai. Oh, Wamadai. Oh, I'm
0: loving it, by the way. Like. <laughs>
1: i <laughs> I'm yeah, uh, spoken word. Mm-hmm. Uh, for you, you'd come in and you'd ask to perform, and you're like, no, there's a list of people, and you just can't show up and perform. Yeah. But you're like, there's still people who would show up and be allowed to perform. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to you, who are these people who are being allowed to perform? Was it, again, still people who had connections, or why were they being allowed to perform?
0: Number one, they were really good. Mm-hmm. I'll give them that. Like, I. Yeah, it's probably like a couple of instances where it's like, really? But yeah. in most times, you'll be like, oh, god damn, I see why they got the bike, mm-hmm. right? But still, it's like, I got a poster, come on, right? Um, and number two, mostly because of influence, mm-hmm. right? Which again, now I understand um, running a show also as a business, yeah. right? Um, of course, it matters what the person on stage is saying and if their content is good. Um, but unfortunately, it also matters who they are. Yeah. Right, um, could get a random person from the street to come and read uh, 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 a poem, right? And be like, "Yeah, nice poem."
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or you could come and read the poem, and now it becomes about something else because you you come with more, you come with an audience, you come with that, right? There are people there who won't even appreciate the poem; they just appreciate the fact that it's you doing the poem, right? So I, I would understand that later and also no one had the time to explain it mm. but i get it if you're trying to sell tickets right and you're trying to break even and some yeah. random person who's really influential walks in and be like there's a Mike a actually that tickets mm. 20 like who's <laughs> so
1: it's nothing personal it's just business yeah at the end of the day
0: on one side yeah. right for the person starting out though it's very personal Yeah. right which is which is why then we can't we can't keep going with that that excuse right yeah. it's like yeah it's business but also think about
1: the other person. Yeah. So now, when it comes to advertising, you say it has a lot of character. First of all, how did you even get into the advertising?
0: <laughs> so that's the story. What thing. Uh-huh. Um. So the next year, we were planning. Occupy Nairobi was the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Um. So we spent a lot of time in restaurants and and taking cabs. Um. And at some point, because. Samo Akil, the people I mentioned were also not doing that as their full time thing. They mm-hmm. had main jobs, right? Um I remember at that time <coughs> Akil and Abu were working I think it's Cube. We were working but I can't let me not say that for sure, but they were working at an advertising agency. Mm-hmm. Um and the, they had a really interesting brand. It was one of the biscuit brands and they were doing a comic um offer that was being posted online. This ten years ago. Like People doing work for brands yeah. and getting paid for because I remember asking Akil, You get paid to do it? <laughs> and he's like, Yeah, like you're kidding. Like, you he's like, Of course, it's planning around it and all that, but essentially, yes, I do get paid to do it. Mm-hmm. I was like, How do I get it? As like, um, I don't know, I'll call if there's an opportunity. Then he calls me the next year and he's like, So, um, someone and I are starting a, an agency, would you like? yeah like yeah of course like yeah man but we like you need to come with your laptop like yeah, I got stolen last week <laughs> so it took a few months to join
2: yeah
0: but then i joined the agency worked there for a year um i left to finish my degree and and to to start i was doing a, a an experimental theater show at that point point. and then i needed to move out and i was broke and scannard came calling so i joined scannard
1: and what was the character development that you mentioned that came with advertising?
0: Um, I also didn't sign a contract at the first job. So I'd ah. learned with the gigs, mm-hmm. but now with employment, mm-hmm. that was totally different, right? Um, and again, um, being employed by your friends is also like another totally different thing that mm. no one had prepared me
1: for. Kuna kuzoyana.
0: Kuna kuzwayana, <laughs> right? Namimi uzoyana na And then... There is the number of of, of just deep ends <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just a different pool every day.
1: Fight <laughs> <laughs> for your life.
0: Yeah. I remember I, I went into, we actually went in it I was like, yeah, it's Domingo, we'll do the agency work. But my main purpose was to, to redo the show we didn't do when Al Shabaab interrupted, mm-hmm. right? Um, So we were going to do it the next year. But we needed to raise money for that, so we were doing the, the agency work. Mm-hmm. My first brief was um, the rebranding of Maisha Magic into Maisha Magic Swahili.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: bro, I'm I'm, I'm, 20, I'm not even 20, I was 19, I'm halfway through my degree, what am I supposed to do with this? And then it was that every single day after that, right? Yeah. And by the time I was doing Scarlet, I was like, yeah, I kind of know what this is. And then I go and I realize the budgets are like 10 times bigger and yeah. like... Um, so there's that side, and then there's the other side where my advertising work drove me into depression, like mm-hmm. constantly and continuously, like up to the point where I was living, I, I, it's, I, I had to live to, to stay alive, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's a long character development journey I would get into right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the, the quintessential stereotypical Nairobi character development, Upon Duraju Wasichana in Nairobi. Hey, hey, hey. Um, but also, now I really, really, really learned now um, professionally, you now the contract thing, the negotiation yeah. thing, now doing proposals, nini. but all this stuff, because no one gives you like a three month preparation course. Yeah. It's constant you failures and disappointments. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I met. It's a lot. Don't a open that panorama.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then also, while you are winding up your letter,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you mention that these periods where you felt as if you were going mad, you were going insane.
0: Uh, yeah, there's um, there's a short phrase for that period. It's called all my life. <laughs> 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 but but yeah, but there's yeah, there's very specific ones.
1: Uh, how how exactly does that feel like?
0: It doesn't feel like it, actually. That's the weird thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I I had a mental breakdown in May of 2020. Mm -hmm. Um, And apart from the anxiety attacks, which I was used to at that point, I shouldn't even, no one should get to a point where they say that, but I was. Um, And the suicidal thoughts, which had been very, very constant, By that point. Apart from those, I would have told you everything else was working amazing, even halfway through the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Um and then it kept going for months. And I I knew something was wrong, so I was trying to fix it, um, took a break, like a lot of things um when I blue tick to barack for months. Um, so I was trying to do everything. At that point, I would kind of gotten a cycle. Like, I have these really low moments, so this mm-hmm. is what I do. Like, I stop working, I stop like, reading a lot, I go back home. And, like, So I started doing what I do, and then I wasn't working. Um, and then something else would happen, and I'd go back. I'd be worse, right? Mm-hmm. So it starts with not feeling like you're losing a your mind, and then it becomes for me, doubting your reality, right? So, um, including my entire life, right? Because I'd I'd wake up and have a very simple task. It's like today I'm sending this email. (laughs) It's not, it's nothing, it's just a reply, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I spend my entire day trying to get myself to send the email and in the evening I can't. And I wake up the next day with either that or another simple task that I can't, I just can't pull my mind I, I don't have enough language for it, mm-hmm. but what that does is it makes you start going back to things you've accomplished in your life and being like, if I can't send an email, did I really do that thing?
1: Yeah,
0: right. Like, and or, or am I have I be just been gasping myself up my entire life, right? Um, and then I guess the the worst point was when um, like I finally admitted to myself, I, I couldn't take care of myself. I couldn't live alone. I couldn't, I couldn't trust myself to take care of myself, which was um, growing up the kind of upbringing I had. I always had to be sure I can take care of myself. Even when now I look back, as like, you are five, you are not going to take care of <laughs> like, I was still like, no. And then I was 25, 26 the world was ending and I didn't know how to take care of myself yeah. that was that was fucked up and then after that um, it's the, yeah that's the worst part it's it's like a combination of two things so there's a point where I'd gotten to the point where i I, I, was, I, was, I was gonna end my life and then I'd gotten past it right. And people talk about suicidal thoughts, and people talk about suicidal ideation, and people talk about suicide. But there isn't enough talk, or at least I haven't found enough material on when you decide not to take your life, but you still have nothing to live for. Mm. Right? And it's, you're just there. Like you really don't want to be there, but you're just there. Right? So it's that, which was intertwined now because I'd admitted and I was trying to get help with now people trying to take care of me right so that manifests in two ways there are people who are really good at it and there are people who overdo it Mm -hmm. and you end up feeling like a victim or a patient which is now what i've gotten used to Um, or which is now if i was really to answer your question with one sentence feeling like the entire thing is curated for you. Mm. Right? Like a uh, like no one breaks that idea. It's kinda like like a, an entire what's that movie? It's two. It's the Truman Show and and Shutter Island. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same idea of just a life curated around someone. That I would say is what for me it feels like. I guess, I wouldn't say insane, but lose your mind in, in, in the level that I have. Yeah. Um, By the worst, this is no part of your question, but I'll just answer. The worst part about that entire thing, I think for me is at some point I was misdiagnosed. So I had like a, I had a period there when I was taking schizophrenia meds instead of ADHD meds. Mm. And I'm still trying to figure out how to put it towards what that felt like.
1: Yeah.
0: Have I answered your question? No,
1: you actually actually really have. And I'm just wondering, what happened between 2019 and 2020 that might have fueled it? Was it just the COVID and maybe being isolated?
0: No, it was a bunch of stuff.
1: Uh
0: Um, We did the Mboya edition of for Birds in October of, 2019. Mm-hmm. And then we went back off stage in November. The time we went back on stage, I was supposed to be resting, because I'd been working continuously on that production for eight months at that point. And then before that, in 2018, we'd done a bunch of shows, one of them was in Nanyuki, mm-hmm. um, where we made a substantial loss, right? So spent, and I spent a, a majority of the remainder of 2018, including the time Brazen was running, raising money to pay debts for for that show. Mm-hmm. Well, that show in Nanyuki had happened because we were so confident in ourselves because of how well our shows had done to that point,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that's because we'd been working continuously since we'd quit our jobs uh, to start the show. And before we quit, we'd been working continuously, like it's been just years and work, years and work, years work. of work and work. Um, and then when I'd really mm-hmm. scheduled break time, it like you know, a, a Thespian's dream is going back on stage on actual public demand. Like, it's not PR. And that happened. And I was sending out emails on the beach being like, guys, for real, but I'm And <laughs> <laughs>
2: right, so
0: I came back, and then that meant we had to start the next show. Like, Work, work was a big part of it. Um, also, I didn't know at that time, but I, I coped by working. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I like I have to take intentional breaks, which is more work than I thought it would ever be. Um, number two, I was I was I was I, I was I was taking I was doing too much, not just like work-wise, but um, my social circles, um, the kinds of collaborations we were doing, not because of work, but to build relationships. To I was part of. Um, the NBO N- Musical Theater Initiative, mm-hmm. which is this amazing project that's been running for a few years. Um, but it, it, it makes you relearn the entire theater thing. Like now you're writing musicals, right? So there's a time we were doing that and writing "Too Early for Birds and writing Sooner Journey, which is on Showmarks and um, the directing and performing in the Diongo's story that we were doing in two languages and we were doing... Uh, a play called "We Written on the Body at Allianz and we were shooting Tetushani's video.:
1: mm-hmm. so In the same way. A lot. there was a lot going yes. on every single day. Yes,
0: yeah, so there was that. Um, there was a lot happening in my love life as well that I can't talk about, um, <laughs> and my family life has always been uh, dramatic.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: those were the main ones. But it's Nairobi BPR. Yeah.: Okay. Like Nairobi is the overarching one. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: can check it to be cold. Uh, yeah, please, <laughs> like, say, <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> if my
0: therapist opens <laughs> the notebooks one day, like it will to Nairobi, Nairobi,
2: Nairobi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how did you manage to get out of it? Like, how do you get to a point where, like, you know what? I love life because that's something you also mentioned in the letter and I want to be here, I want to be present.
0: Yeah. I think I got to a point where I, like I couldn't dig anymore. Like we were hit rock bottom and we're like this is a nice time to figure out how to do boreholes. That's <laughs> that's why I was and um I'm very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And remember like friends this is the time my friend Shiba just kept telling me, just yes, can you stop working right and I did I, then I was realizing I don't know how to do it right because I'm like, yeah, I'm not. working. I was like, no, you just pitched an entire day I'm like, but we're not working on it. it's <laughs> a thing for the future. It's like that's work okay. yeah. um, so I had to try everything I knew and then for none of it to work um, <clears throat> to to realize that i'm I'm more than the, the things that represent me. Um that being my work, um, my social media, my career, my all that like the person I was in my social compound. That like that person deserves everything I I think mm-hmm. the person I am when I have a sold out show um deserves. Yeah. But that took a way longer than you should. Like right? like learning like at my worst I deserve the same love I give myself at my best. That's like it's such a simple lesson but it took way too much time and too many battles to learn. Yeah. But to get there um the show sank, which was the most proud achievement of my life. Um, a lot of relationships ended in my life that are were going to be life relationships mm-hmm. like friendships and partnerships and um, even family members that people I um, haven't spoken to since then um, and then at some point I was homeless because I couldn't I couldn't make money right? I needed my mind to make money and my mind just wasn't yeah. showing up um, so I failed on everything that I was scared of failing at like for the longest time I I grew up in poverty, I come from poverty for the longest time. My greatest fear was going back to poverty and then I woke up and I was like, I guess I am actually poor. Like <laughs> as myself. <laughs> um but then at that point and the point if like I looked around and not only were there are so many people who like were not giving up on me. Like giving up was not even in like one of their options, yeah. right? And it turned out like I'm, I'm the one who was viewing our relationships as based on, I have to do this as a friend or I have to be like this as a person for, for this to be availed, right? I mean, that was also present. Like yeah. a lot of the relationships I lost were also because the only functional if I was functional. But it's me and finding, I don't want to say my center, but finding The, the the person I am when I'm not wearing any masks, is that that kid who was raised on movie the music and and um, hiding cattle while reading novels at the same yeah. time and like all that. But it's still an ongoing process. I I wake up every day and it's it's weird. This entire year has been a gamble.
1: Yeah. Um. It's more like a journey.
0: Yes, but I think this this the. <laughs> I'm sorry. I suck at like short answers, but <laughs> the one thing that I have constantly have had to learn, like the hard way, is just to cut myself slack. Yeah. Like that. Just like giving myself grace. So it, like, that's your one-line answer. The short answer, would it's, be um, Grace. It's
1: hard, that's it. it. <laughs> so it's grace. Yeah. yeah. And how you wind up your letter, you talked a bit about the lessons that you have learned like, throughout. And lesson yeah. number one was kindness. And in this lesson, you, um, it reminds me, like it takes me back to the part of your letter where you were like, you know what, one day when I have my own show and there's this many people, I have yeah. to make sure everyone is fairly compensated. Have you been able to achieve this?
0: I've done my best. Yeah. I, I, can, I can seriously say I've done my best. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't cut this part out so that if there's anyone who (laughs) knows I'm speaking a lie, they, like, whatsoever to. Uh But on every project I've been part of, um, I've tried my best to have people, one, compensated, Mm -hmm. two, fairly compensated, um, and three, just treated right all around. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And I I would say the, the state, the testament for that is that we are continuously revising our contracts, for example, with twenty four for Birds. That's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, uh, I'll just give you a story, a very short one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We do Mboya. I'm on the beach. We're forced to come and do a real So we come back. We're like, OK, I guess we're professionals. And we're holding a meeting at the Kenya National Theater. Um, it's sort of a post before now. We start rehearsals for the next run and just telling people to open their hearts and all that. And at some point, Njorad takes the <laughs> stage. He's like, yeah, you know, I'd really like to thank the production because like, during rehearsals and during the, the shows, at no point did I go backstage and there wasn't water. Mm. I was like, yeah.
2: It's,
1: it's, it's
0: like, yeah. That's
1: just something as simple as like
0: hey, who Who have you been working with
1: yeah. <laughs> like, like it's water well, theater is tough right
0: but you see like people really like your car shouldn't have to worry about
2: water
1: yeah
0: right um but like, again that's my perspective right in the other quarter, when you're like, like <laughs> 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 so so i think i've i've, I've done, done my best bitch. if there is um more that can be done because i'm not retiring soon. I'm very open to
1: to doing it. Yes, and you also mentioned that it's not about um, what you have, but what you do with it. Yeah. Um, what made you learn this lesson or come to this realization?
0: Uh, my work,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but also my friendships and people I've, I've met, especially in Nairobi.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That comes from one 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 big lesson, which is, I think, the biggest privilege, especially in this city, is access. Yeah. I, it's really what the money buys you, and it's, it's access. Um, and coming into, because I moved here at 16, I knew my Nairobi cousins and Nairobi people, and would see Nairobi, you know, magazines, and Insider, and the Dot on the Atlas.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But then becoming a Nairobi person is a totally different experience. Um, I'm losing my trackable. Please, <laughs> please ask the question again.
1: Um, you say it's not about what you have, but what you do with it.
0: Yes. So, there's being a Nairobi person, and then there's being an Nairobi person, and you're starting with the I 45, mm-hmm. right? And the gigs you're going to are in these like Porsche areas. Like at that time, Westlands was posh as hell. Yeah. It's right? so, you know, like, oh, you're going to upper.
1: Yeah.
0: But people at that point, especially when you're coming from very particular areas, Economic or social class. People treat you a very specific way based on how you look and sound.
1: Yeah. Then the last lesson that you talk about is basically split into two. There's number one, where it is always sign contracts, especially with your friends. And there is the other half, where it is give only 100% and nothing more, nothing less, 100 is enough. So I think when it comes to the contracts, you've mentioned a bit where it's coming in, especially yeah. when you're working with friends. But now, when it comes to only giving a hundred percent, and no know at what point do you realize this is a <laughs> hundred, and I should not go past this or below this.
0: You see, when when you do a thing and you look at it and you'll be like, "Damn, man,"
1: mm-hmm.
0: My time. Yeah. Before you take the, the walk and you go and make a cup of tea, and then you come and open and be like, oh my god, what is no, that, that, that's a first moment, like before you review the thing, mm-hmm. that's when you know you've done a hundred percent, because that's the person you can't lie to.
1: Yeah, so in the end, you finalize your data with, listen to Frank Ocean.
2: Yeah.
1: So what does Frank Ocean mean to you? Or why is this so important?
0: My top reason is um, how he's managed to move from an unknown um, random boy from New Orleans after mm-hmm. Katrina hit um, into one of the most successful independent. And by independent, I mean creatively to um, artists of, of, of what I right um we don't have the same dynamics i'm not in the same industry even like it's music but there's yeah. a lot of parallels um you they, can relate. i can relate yeah like how how his career moved along with his business like how um his relationship with with like the record labels and the big brands and all that mm-hmm. and how he managed to um almost feels like steal his freedom away from that so um From the business perspective of an artist, is that um, from the creative perspective of an artist, there's a vulnerability in Frank Ocean that um, opened up a lot of me, Mm -hmm. Um, especially because I discovered his music at a point where I'd gotten I'd started getting these notions of what my art should be. based on labels that were being stuck on us, mostly mm-hmm. like, like performance sharing stuff would be in politics, any or history and people started calling us protest poets, right? Yeah. And at some point you start leaving the label. Then I met, um, this artist who was smack at the middle of hip hop, right? Just, well, I mean, a lot of hip hop artists are vulnerable, but not cloaking it in anything gangster, including not rapping. Mm -hmm. He's singing Um, and then I remember him coming out um, as by on Tumblr. Tumblr was big at that point and that was ridiculous as well because like a queer person being so openly queer within um, the hip hop culture um, and the hip hop culture has been a very big reference in my life Um, and still being able to do their thing um, Mm -hmm. and with the biggest artists that not just the fact that it's queer, but what that represents, right? Like in a hip hop scene, that's probably the biggest hurdle yeah. you could have, right? The entire song is dedicated to killing <laughs> queer people, right? So uh, my question would be, what kind of bravery would it take to not just make the announcement? Actually, I don't think the announcement is the brave thing. The brave thing is like afterwards, After. like I've done it, I'm still going to do my thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, I, And... That that kind of bravery for whatever it is, like no matter whether it's a thing with my identity or my history or, or something I've done or haven't done, as long as I can be that vulnerable with myself and with my art, then
1: you good. Then I'm
0: good. Um, and last, there's a bunch of songs, but there's one just called Try. Try. And there's a part where it's like, like boys try, men try, girls try, women try. We all try. Like that's all we're doing. Like we're all yeah. trying. So you uh-huh. come to Nairobi and um, you're trying to get into all these places, and there's blockages. So you go back, and you're like, maybe it's how I speak, maybe it's what I know, maybe it's how I watch, it's the music I listen to, maybe it's my people, maybe it's how I dress, right? So what you do is you start restructuring yourself. And then you're like, maybe it's because you don't have money, so you start looking for money, and then maybe it's because I don't know enough people, you start looking Mm. for people, maybe I don't have enough followers, you start getting that. You're not funny enough, niggas need to realize I'm funny, right? Yeah. And then eventually you're like, oh, my God, like oh, people are here all along who can do all these things. They, they Most of them just don't know how to apply it, mm-hmm. right? And you bump into some of the most talented people you'll ever meet and they're like, I don't have a talent.
2: Yeah.
0: And it's not really a like, I'm not even saying that to mock them. It's most people have the thing. They just, they have the tools. They just don't know how to use what them. Do with it. Right. And that's, that's. Nairobi has taught me that a lot because that's the entire journey I was talking about advertising and all that, is
2: Mm
0: -hmm. and performance and poetry. It's me walking into rooms in most instances um, where I'd be underrated, like I'd also underrate myself and then slowly learning that it's the work I'm capable of and the things I'm capable of doing that bring me into that room and keep me there.
1: All right, that is amazing, Katya. Thank you so, so much for joining me on this episode. It's been vibes, it's been love, and yeah, I hope to see you again sometime soon.
0: No, like (laughs) not talking this serious stuff. Like funny questions next time, please.
1: Uh, I promise.
0: But Thank you. Thank you.
2: (laughs) This is wonderful.